Welcome to Harvest Time. My name is Chris Harper, and our host on this program is Pastor Gary Walton, the pastor of Harvest Baptist Church. We often have a great opportunity on this program to tell the stories of Harvest Baptist Church as we feature interviews with our members and often other friends of the ministry. You can join us this week at Harvest Baptist Church as we begin things Sunday morning, 10.30 a.m. We'll be starting a new series that we want to talk a little bit about today, How to Be a Man or Woman After God's Heart, Lessons from the Life of David. Let's welcome Pastor Gary Walton today. Yeah, hi, Chris. Yeah, we're going to start the series uh, this Sunday on David, kind of going through some of the highlights of David's life and uh, spending some time this summer studying through some of those. A lot of times uh, people feel like the summer is a time when, you know, all kinds of other activities are going on. And for some people, some families, church is one of those things that put gets put a little bit behind priorities of other things, all the other activities. Uh, but we want to make sure that we're communicating with people that church is a place to be uh, this summer. And so this series, I think, is going to be really helpful for people. David's life is so practical. Um, a man that, you know, had some pretty serious failures in his life. And yet even through those things, God uh, calls David. In fact, he's the only person in the scripture that we have called a man after God's heart. And so I want to ask, we want to ask the scriptures, so why is it? What is it about David's life that God was so impressed with that he would uh, communicate about him in that sort of a way? So we'll kick that off this Sunday morning at our uh, main worship service at 1030 here at Harvest. And uh, we didn't like to invite anybody to come and join us for that. Well, we have a great guest uh, that people are going to recognize his voice uh, today on Harvest Time. Yeah, we uh, have the opportunity to have to welcome back to Guam and to our campus here at Harvest, a, somebody that's very familiar to a lot of people all across the island. Kevin Inafuku is back on the island. Welcome back, Kevin. Thank you, Pastor. Man, it's so good to be sitting here. It yeah. feels like uh, there's been so many memories just sitting here in the radio station during typhoons and, and <laughs> announcing yeah. programs and opportunities here at Harvest. So it's, it's like coming back home. Yeah, well, it's good to have you back. For those of you that may not know, Kevin Inafuku was here on staff at Harvest, uh, pastor of uh, worship ministries and involved with all kinds of other things. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but uh, God has led him away uh, to some other ministries, and so he's back, a uh, part of a wedding in the next week, and then spending some time here on campus. Spent, uh, we really ha loved having you lead worship last mm -hmm. Sunday, Kevin. Thank you for doing that. Yeah, um, but it's just been really good to have you uh, together, along with your wife, Misty, and a couple of your children. Yes, Miley and Aria, and uh, what a privilege it was to be in church on Sunday. Well, tell us about your family. Maybe we can start yeah. there. Um, wife, children? So Misty, who uh, is the daughter of Pastor Heron and Mrs. Heron, and uh, um, so we've been married now almost 10 years. And uh, Mylia is seven, Aria is six, um, Masaki is going to be five in July, and Isaiah just turned two. So the boys are actually with Grandma and Grandpa um, in Iowa, and we were able to bring the girls um, just because they were old enough, they were born here, and we wanted them to, to just uh, remember um, people and places that, uh, that they were used to, um, maybe when they, didn't, when they were three and two, didn't remember quite well. So we're thankful for them being here with me. 
well, the girls sure feel like, looks like they're right at home. Maybe they're right at home any place, yeah. but they feel like they've just settled right back in. They have. They, they, they do remember the church auditorium, like all the kids do, I think, after church and, and seeing their friends and running around. I think, I think the best part of it is watching their faces light up when they remember people. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's been neat to, to watch. Well, Kevin, you came to Harvest. We were just talking about this in the early 2000s. Um, maybe tell us about your background. You're uh, from the islands uh, or mm-hmm. from the Pacific. So you came from where? What What um, sort of the story as you uh, that brought you to here, Harvest? Yeah. So, um, so I was born and raised on Oahu and I uh, really was, uh, my parents were um, uh, saved later in life. My dad was saved. Well, actually, my mom was saved later in life. My dad was saved as a young boy through church planners actually in in Hawaii and and therefore my grandparents were saved um and so they're first generation Christians mm-hmm. and uh and so I when I hit high school years there was a a, a a season of rebellion and uh kind of going my own way and my my dad um said I um you know you either need to move out of the house or we're going to send you off to a to a school called Bob Jones University. <laughs> so those are the choices. And uh, at that time, um, uh, Bobby Wood was inf- influential in that. And uh, and I went to BJ for one year. That was a deal, one year. And uh, um, God did a work in my heart second semester of that uh, year and ended up staying and uh, finished college and traveled with Steve Pettit for three years. And uh, I think that was the f- the first year I traveled with Steve was the first year Marty and Tammy were here. And um, they had just had a big typhoon. The island was um, kind of in a in a wreck. Mm-hmm. And we wrecked the whole island. And so um, I remember coming out to visit after my first year traveling with Steve to just help with uh, the cleanup. And, oh, yeah. And, um, and that was a huge, I think, um, eye-opener to me, first of all, to see a place like Harvest. I... Uh, um on an island because <laughs> uh, there was nothing like this even on oahu and so um and then seeing it in a in a in a state of devastation and where where the community was coming together there was no electricity for a few months and water and we were just helping neighbors and uh, sharing the gospel that way but um and then at that time seeing the need you know there was i think it was just marty and tammy at the time and then the next year jared and tammy came out and then the next year I came out. So it was, it was through the need, through the people of this island and, um, and seeing what God, what God could do. So we came out in 2003, or I came out in 2003. And God had prepared you musically, right? That was sort of yes. the thing that you were burdened for ministry-wise, I guess, yeah. primarily. You know, you felt called to ministry. You traveled, Steve uh, Pettit, a friend of Harvest for many years, traveled with his team, right, for several years and then yes. came out after that. Yeah, so I... I oversaw the music on um, the team and then also oversaw the children's ministry. So preached every night and it was actually through going to Africa with Steve to Liberia. Um, and he said, you're actually going to go to that village and, and preach. And I'd never preached before. Mm-hmm. So um, stayed up all night and he worked through with me and and, uh, and preached with fear and trembling. And uh, But what was neat was there was 13 people raised their hand and we spent all day through an interpreter one-on-one just walking through the gospel and uh, and just walked away going, as yeah, the foolishness of preaching and mm-hmm. the power of the gospel, and uh, I want to do it. And so 
we came back and so he, he so Steve said you're going to take the children's program and, and we're going to work on your preaching and we're going to get you going and so that was really what I I knew God was using to call me to to be a pastor and so that's what happened but I, I was here at Harvest for about five years six years before even being ordained okay and really just serving in um in all areas <laughs> and uh, and being mentored and shaped at, at the same time was a awesome time you have very strong relationships you're a relational yeah. guy anyway yeah. but um man there's friends all across this island that yeah. uh, are close to you um what is uh, i mean i know that god's really burdened you for people you know i tell people i it actually was what god used in my life uh, you, you know when i talked about going to bob jones it wasn't like i just went to that place and and uh you know god actually kept putting people into my life that would walk walk alongside of me and and actually pour into me without preaching at me it was more of i, I it was god using them to to show the love of god um and so I just have said, you know, over the years, the things that I do is actually because of what God used in my own life mm-hmm. to bring me and draw me to Him. And uh, I think Les Ola says it's life-reaching life, and that's really what um, what has really shaped us and has become really a part of our DNA and and why we do what we do. So, and you met Misty out here, right? Yeah. She was here with her <laughs> dad and mom, and yeah. God brought you guys together. You were married when? Uh, we were married in 2010 and uh you know that was you know it's not always the best route to marry your boss's daughter uh-huh. <laughs> but those are trials that that i needed to learn and grow through and uh but yeah we were married in 2010 in hawaii actually with uh, our family and friends but um and then misty taught in uh, uh the early learning center the elc uh, for a number of years and uh we've just enjoyed uh, doing ministry together while you're on staff here, God began burdening you for yeah. church planning, right? And yeah. and what he f- you felt like God was calling you to. Yeah. Tell me about the timeline. What did God use to kind of press you into that area? Yeah. So um, we had been praying uh, um, specifically about Hawaii, and uh, and we just knew that we didn't um, know anything about church planning. And uh, and uh, Danny was a, a friend from years ago, and he called and said, "Hey, why don't you think about coming with us, and and um, you could actually learn church planning, be a part of one." And so that kind of triggered conversations about heading to Utah because everyone was asking, "Why Utah?" Mm-hmm. Um, but so he was going; he'd been pastoring in yeah. the states, but he was going to move to Utah. Was trying to put a, together a team, team together, yeah. Okay. And that was one of the big elements too was actually learning team church planning. So we had a lot of relationships with folks that had had already moved to Utah and uh, started a church and done it together as a team. And so um, I just know how God uses relationships and you're constantly um, reconnecting and bringing that. So God used that to bring us to Utah through Danny and being a part of, of a family of churches with Will Gawkin and Jonathan Albright and people that have come out here to harvest over the years and, and really have helped us to learn what it is to be a team and to and to start a church. So that that happened um, probably in 2015, just the conversations, and then um, we ended up leaving in 2017. Why Utah? Why why is there sort of a burden among yeah. these guys and this yeah. church planning effort or movement mm-hmm. really in that area? Yeah. So Utah is uh, um, probably the lowest 
uh, percentage of Christians in our country. So less than 2% of the population would say they're evangelical Christians because of Mormonism and uh, and just the, the bondage that it has over the people there. So I think there's a burden um, to go to a place that is is unreached and uh, and yet you still speak the language and it's in America. Um, I, but yet uh, there's there, there are hardly any gospel preaching churches and even those that are there um, we always joke around you know big picture vision was we want to see a thousand churches planted well I mean if we planted a thousand churches we still wouldn't be scratching the surface of the population mm-hmm. and seeing people come to know Jesus and so I think there's just a big huge desire to to go somewhere that most people would say was well, not really the mission field but it is and it's within our borders uh, that would really compel people to say, come along, would you partner with us and come along? We've seen in our own church, Gospel Hope, we've seen a few families come from different places, say, we want to be a part of of the team as as members and just be in the neighborhoods and reach people. And and God's actually used that mm-hmm. uh, to open doors for the gospel where we wouldn't have been able to uh, connect with. And so many people are, are excited. In fact, as we come back um, June 7th and... Um, we have a, a, a couple of churches coming at the end of June, doing a big soccer camp and um, at Real Salt Lake and uh, um, being able to share the gospel that way. Then we have two weeks in July with a number of churches coming to help us. And we call it plant camps. And we do a lot of sessions with them. We help them in evangelism and discipleship. And then, and then they help us by going out and putting those things into practice and learning how to have gospel conversations and and how to talk to people, whether religious or irreligious. And um, and so it actually works both ways because these churches go back to their church and and they're putting those things into practice in their context. But that's a big help to us. And we've seen, I think last summer, we saw about 50,000 door hangers put up on doors. Oh, wow. and, and really, that's been the number one way people have actually heard of Gospel Hope and have come to visit us. And so just a lot of awesome opportunities. So you've been there over two years, almost three years now. Is two that right? years okay. uh, in a few weeks. Yeah. Okay. And uh, you were mentioning to the church family, you did a little bit of a report uh, for us mm-hmm. that God's doing some amazing things. The church yeah. is growing, yeah. and uh, it's really exciting. Really exciting. So uh, we probably are averaging about 140 to 150 folks every Sunday, and um, visitors every Sunday. And I I just think uh, in a uh, in a context where the religion that dominates that area is very um, uh, oppressive and it, it's um, there are people that are looking for hope because they, they can't work their way um, to heaven. And uh, so everything that they're doing is to actually get to um, a place called paradise. And, uh, and so really um, wanting to show people uh, that there is hope in Jesus the, the true Jesus, and they they would acknowledge Jesus, but they would not know him to be who he is in the Bible. And so um, we were seeing people who have um, who are really, really uh, desperate for help because they've been cast off and put off. And we're seeing people that have maybe even come to the point of saying, I don't really care about any religion because religion has just hurt them so bad. So there's one of two extremes that we're seeing people at least open to really um, learning about who Jesus is. 
well, it's obvious that God is using you and Misty and your family there and uh, along with the rest of the team. It's great yes. to hear God's blessing there. I know that uh, for all of us in these different seasons of life, God's also, in the same time, you know, hopefully he's using us in the ministry or the locations uh, that he's put us. He's at the same time doing some building and growing work in our lives. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the things you think God's been teaching you and Misty during this, these yeah. years and this season? Yeah, I think um, it, it's when you've been a Christian for a long period of time and in ministry, it's I think God has a way of uh, peeling back layers of um, or even areas where you thought that you really, really were trusting him mm -hmm. and and you weren't. And I think God's God has, um, if anything, brought us to Utah to actually go here you are by yourself mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, and you don't need anyone except me. And, and what does it mean to really trust him when there's nothing else or no one else and you don't really, you know, uh, know what, where support's going to come. And God is just, uh, I mean, we've taken people to Hebrews 11 many, many times. And even with Abraham, not knowing where he was going and, uh, and, yet, and yet trusting God by faith. I think God's done that and is still doing that for us um, uh, because you you know, there's not the dependency on, on, uh, on fellow Christians. I mean, even though we have a team, we're kind of separated even in our location proximity where we live. And we live on a street where there's, you know, it's, it's all Mormon. And mm -hmm. so even in that aspect where, you know, loneliness, uh, where God's using that to actually deepen our, our own relationship with him and, and, uh, and leaning on him more. Yeah, it's really awesome to hear about the things that God's continuing to to do in your life yeah. in uh, His preparation. I mean, He's doing that, yeah. this growing process, this changing process for each of us. If you were to look back on you know the years here at Harvest, mm -hmm. what were some of the things that you felt like were most significant in in sort of your life preparation at that time that's allowed you, you know, hopefully, well, obviously to be effective in this season of life. What are the, some of the big lessons that were yeah. learned here at Harvest? <clears throat> Man, I, I get pumped about the series you're starting. I think that's probably, uh, um, as a single guy uh, out here in Guam um, for the first time in ministry, and uh, I think those are uh, the Psalms has been, uh, you know, as I look back, um, I was telling Pastor Gary earlier, there's, there's just places on this island that, that uh, have bring, brought back so many memories because yeah. I'd, I'd run there um, to talk with God and, and literally cry out to God for help because I feel like I, my heart's desire was to be a man of God, and yet there's areas of, of um, uh, change that he's wanting to make. And then also... Um, I remember writing a song for the teens one time, uh, unless you give me mercy, I know I'm going to fail again. Mm -hmm. And I, I just remember in, in my 20s, just uh, places of, um, of God breaking me and then running to the Psalms for, um, for encouragement and strength. And really, I think the discipline of doing that, a discipline of, of, um, of, of getting up every day and being in the Word and praying and and really running to spots to do that um, to get alone with God and uh, harvest uh, because it's it's such an active place and busy place. Um, I think it was 
the things I learned was actually to get away and to do that mm-hmm. and to spend um, long times with the Lord. And and to journal that, I think there was a lot of, um, just the other day, my, my kids were like, what's all those books? <laughs> those are the journals over the years that um, looking back at, at how God is, has used his word in changing me and breaking me. And I'm thankful for Harvest. I think I shared this when I left that they actually were kind enough to allow that process to happen here <laughs> to cut my teeth and be able to um, grow and uh, and make mistakes and get and get back up and and God using this place in a huge way to do that. Well, specifically your family and there's a couple other families like this are such a beautiful picture to me of the mission and the purpose of the New Testament church. I mean, Acts 13 describes uh, the church at Antioch that God was blessing in such unique ways Mm -hmm. and people were coming to Christ and it was a vibrant uh, location right in the heart of, you know, the mission Mm -hmm. field all around that area. And uh, and right in the middle of God's working in that place, God called out mm-hmm. really some of the best and the brightest of that mm-hmm. ministry, leaders, servants, ministers. Yeah. And he called out Paul and Barnabas and yeah. say, I, you know, said to them, Paul and Barnabas, but really to the church, separate these guys. I have a work for them. Yeah. And uh, the church said, we are willing to release mm. these faithful, gifted leaders, even though we may feel like we need them mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. We're really we're, we're willing to release them to whatever God's yeah. call in their life. And so, you know, the church along with them went out mm-hmm. um, supporting, caring, yeah. praying, feeling like they're part of the ministry. And Paul and Barnabas obviously were used by God in the spread of the gospel, yeah. or literally around the world. And uh, and the church at Antioch felt that, and Paul and Barnabas came back. They'd yeah. come back and report. They'd yeah. come back and minister again. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just a beautiful picture that's happened with you guys as yeah. you've been willing to follow the Lord's leading. And I could tell you, Harvest feels this connection mm-hmm. with you that we're all the way in Utah. Can you yeah. imagine that? I mean, yeah. part of us is there, and you know, part of the investment of our church family is in God's work and the gospel going forth in that area. It's really yeah. cool. It's, it's super cool. I mean, I I resonate with that because I know Paul's um, emotion towards uh, the churches that he's left. And um, and we feel that. I, I, we tell our little church in Utah, and they're just amazed that a church out in the, in the Pacific, you know, is supporting them and praying yeah. for them. Um, it's definitely not out of sight, out of mind. It's definitely a huge... Um, love and care and uh, prayer even for um, Harvest. And and I, I do want to say thank you to Harvest and to you, Pastor, for your kind um, uh, kindness and your, your heart for our family and for uh, even caring for us, not just for the fact that we are doing what God's called us to do, but caring for, for Misty and myself and for the kids. Uh, that means a lot because uh, it does feel like you're all alone. And to have a church that, that genuinely does care means so much to us. Well, we're so glad to have you back. Um, the church family was excited Sunday morning yeah. to have you in the service yeah. again, leading us in worship. There was an energy there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're going to be with us this Sunday night for the 6 o'clock service. We're looking forward to that. You'll be sharing the word and um, you know maybe telling us a little bit more about the ministry in Utah, but we're looking forward to especially hearing you know what God's burdening your heart for and uh, your ministry of the word this Sunday night. So if there are those that are listening today and you say, um, 
I'd like to get a chance to connect with Kevin and Misty. Sunday night would be a good time. He'll be preaching in that evening service. But it's been fun just watching you interact with so many people that love you. You've uh, cared for, invested your life in so many people. We're looking forward to another week or so with you here yeah. before you head back to Utah. But God's blessing uh, on you and your family, Kevin. We're thankful for you. We're praying and looking forward to what God's going to continue to do in your lives. Yeah, thank you, Pastor. And thank you for listening to this edition of Harvest Time. Of course, we'd like to personally invite you to services this weekend at Harvest Baptist Church. We begin Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. We have children's programs, adult Bible fellowships, and if you are not sure where to go, you can always stop at the kiosk out in front of the uh, auditorium. And then join us for our 10.30 a.m. service when we'll be starting this exciting new series, How to Be a Man or Woman After God's Heart, Lessons from the Life of David. I know you won't want to miss that. If you need more info, hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org. And thank you for listening to Harvest Time.